0: Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our interactive daily broadcast where trusted leaders bring insights and analysis to the issues
1: from a biblical perspective. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you
0: free. So call in today to get biblical answers, information and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and
2: the world. And now here's your host, Andrew Womack. Welcome to our Wednesday's Truth and Liberty Live Call-In Show. This is our third program that we've done this week. This is going to be something that we continue every day at 3.30 till 5 o'clock PM Mountain Time. And this week, we've been really blessed to have all four of our hosts for this here. And we've had a wonderful time. Every one of us was talking about, man, this is great. It'd be neat if we could just do all four of us together. but. Um, It's impossible. I'm gonna have to travel. I know everybody else has got other things to do. But when we can, and when, uh, like Alex is in town and Mark and stuff, we could all do this. I think it's been really good. It has been. I've, I've enjoyed it. Uh, for those of you that are brand new, uh, this is only our third program that we've done. We just started this last Monday. And uh, the format is that for about 25, 28 minutes, we are gonna be doing just a discussion among ourselves. Uh, we've been sharing scripture. Uh, one of the things I did yesterday, this booklet just came out on Monday and we're offering this as a free gift. To anyone who would request it, and you call our regular helpline, which is 719-635-1111, and this is our free gift to you. We'll send it out. We've also got a third off of our Biblical Worldview series. Alex, do you know, is that just one of the Biblical Worldview or all of them? Um, you know, I have to say, I don't know if it's all of
1: them. You know well, it's so here? it's, uh, it's, uh, each installment is 120, and so, uh, Twenty-five percent off that, or forty bucks off each one.
2: No, 30%. thirty percent. Thirty. Thirty-three percent. is forty bucks. That's one third. One yes. third. One I've third. <laughs> is that on all you know, of calculate. them, or is that just foundation? No, that's all of them. That's all wow. of them. So okay. any, we have now four of our biblical worldview series available, and you can get one third off of all of them, or just one of them. And then this is our free gift. And so anyway, for about 25, uh, 28 minutes, we talk and discuss things. And then we uh, take a break. We come back and we take calls and answer the calls. You're able to interact with us. Uh, You're on the line and talking to us and stuff. We will be doing that for about an hour after we do this first little segment. So yesterday we were talking about, you know, what is truth emphasizing that God's word is truth. And that's what Jesus said in John chapter 17, verse 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And God's word doesn't just contain truth. It is truth. It is the plumb line. It is the standard of truth. And this is why our nation is in the mess that it's in is because we've deviated from what the word of God says. So that's what we were talking about yesterday. And along the same lines, Richard was suggesting that we Uh, spend this first little segment discussing the uh, January 6th, uh, quote unquote, riot, Mm. because uh, we've uh, all suspected, and I've known people that were personally there who said it was not the way it was characterized. I think all of us felt that, but now Tucker Carlson has been coming out, and I think there's been two or three nights he's been showing those things.
1: uh, Two, I think tonight will be the third one. Yeah.
2: And so what are these videos? I've seen the first one, and uh, that was convincing for me, but you said there's a lot more to it.
1: Yeah, well, uh, so Fox News, Tucker Carlson, uh, made a request of the new speaker, now that it's under Republican control, for the, the videos um, of all the surveillance cameras at the Capitol on January 6th. And so there's thousands and thousands of hours, but they've reviewed them all. And uh, so he's been uh, talking about how we've been lied to uh, by the government about what happened
2: on that day and shown lots of examples. I suspect that Pelosi would not release those. That is true. Exactly. I wonder why they wouldn't release all of that if what they were saying was true.
1: Right. I mean, these are, you know, the public has a right to see this stuff, I would think. And uh, not to mention that the defendants. I'm speaking as a lawyer now, the defendants in those cases have a right to that exculpatory evidence. And so there could be a more serious thing than just political corruption here. There could be a a breach of justice for those
2: hundreds of people that have been charged. Well, I heard that Trump responded after seeing Tucker Carlson's thing and saying that they ought to try some of the committee that was investigating this for treason, which again, you know, Trump tends to (laughs) sometimes overstate things. But I do think that there was uh, intent to hide the truth and railroad things and do damage to Trump and everybody else. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, for people, it seems to me, uh, people like us, I don't mean mean to sound bad here, but, but just everyday Americans, uh, it's hard to imagine people being so evil and wicked that they would lie on a scale like this and do harm and damage to pe- ruin people's lives. And, and all of this stuff just for the lust for power, but that sure appears to be
2: what happened here. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got a person in the Senate that, uh, anyway, I'm not going to mention their names, but they, they dealt with uh, Schumer, Pelosi, on and on. And I asked them, I said, do you think these people are deceived? Do they really believe in what they're doing? Are they evil? And without giving away their name. He said, it is pure evil. They know exactly what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Now, I think that many of the people who follow them and buy into their narrative may be fooled, but but the people who are doing this, and I believe the people in the news media, they know exactly what they're doing. I think that they are out to cause chaos, anarchy, so that people will give up their freedoms and allow people to come in and try and restore order, and it's a power grab. I think they know exactly what they're doing. So I have a question. I have a question. Well, no you we aren't taking questions. Oh.
3: <laughs> I'll be the first caller today. Okay. First caller. Hey, hey, by the way, I want to give the number, 719-619-2341. If you want to call in a question now, it'll be a good 20 minutes before we get to questions. But uh, you'll be the first one in line, 719-619-2341. But I, I, let me throw a question out to everybody. Why do you think some in our culture really despise America? And we've all traveled uh, the world in the cause of ministry. And I'll tell you, even on her worst day, I still say the USA is the best place Amen. on planet Earth Amen. to live. Amen. And I know our history. I love our nation. Every ball game I go to, I get a lump in my throat when I hear that national anthem. But you yet know, there are people that despise America. Why do you think?
2: I believe that there's layers to this. You could have different people say different things. But if you just peel back the layers and get down to the root cause, it is good versus evil. It is demonic. Satan is out to destroy this. And America has been used as a beacon of freedom, not only in the natural realm, but I mean, spiritually, we have put forth more missionaries than anybody else. We put more money out. We put out tens of billions of dollars of support all over the world, we influence the world, and Satan, you know, you can't destroy, uh, you can't go in and spoil a man's house unless you bind the strong man. Christianity is the strong man in the United States. And so if you peel back all the layers and all the different issues, I think at the root cause, it is light versus dark, good versus evil, the spirit of Antichrist. Is the one that's doing all that. So that would be my answer.
0: I love the way you said that, Andrew. There's layers to it. And our good friend Kamal Salim, mm-hmm. he came to this country to perform cultural jihad and to destroy it. And you know, he was a part of C FAN for many, many years until they moved. So he helped me understand. I couldn't understand why Islam hates us so much. He said America is the crown jewel. If we take America down, which that is their goal, that's the crown jewel. But you said it, nailed it, Andrew. There's never been a more powerful country. We are the bastion of freedom and prosperity. Do we have our faults? Of course we do. We've got our warts, but find
2: a better country. But our faults have been amplified and misrepresented. Uh, Like our founding fathers, they'll say they were all slave owners. Well, it was against the law in the United States to let go of a slave. Like in Virginia, uh, George Washington and George Mason in the 1760s petitioned the King of England to end slavery. And they wouldn't do it because the king of England owned a third of the slave trade and he was getting rich off of it. Mm -hmm. And it was against the law for you to let a slave go free. But Washington wanted to do that. These people inherited it. That was the culture that they were in. And prior... And contrary to what some of the senators have said, America did not invent slavery. No. Slavery has been going on since you know the days of Egypt and the Pharaoh putting all of the Hebrews. And there's been more whites that have been put into slavery than there's been blacks over the history of the world. The American Indians had a higher percentage of slaves than the uh, colonists did. They enslaved and conquered other nations. So anyway, this whole thing, Yes, we've got our awards and yes, people are people and no nation's ever been perfect, but our nation has been misrepresented. We had some of the most godly men on the planet start this.
1: No question. Half of them were seminary graduates and uh, started Bible societies and all kinds of things like that. I have a view on this uh, that if you look at the Democratic Party today, all it is is it's a it's a collection of constituents that are. Uh, they, they, the lifeblood of the Democratic Party is a victimology, a victim mentality, and Absolutely. envy, literally envy, is at the root of everything they do and everything they preach. It's one victim after another, and they collect them all, and so they start bashing the United States because they've got to have something to, uh, to be angry about. And that Marxism just feeds on yeah. that, and it's all the same root of evil and rebellion and, and uh, envy.
3: Do you know what's amazing is the original draft, Jefferson's original draft of the Declaration of Independence had two paragraphs that uh, one said we were a Christian nation, and one called that uh, this new nation would abolish slavery. Now, last July, I had the privilege of interviewing a man from the University of Pennsylvania, um, whether or not he's a Christian or conservative, I have no idea, but he's an expert on the, the revolution. And he showed me the original draft. Now, why were those two paragraphs stricken? Well, um, South Carolina and Georgia would not sign on uh, unless the and they were slaveholding states. And there was an arm wrestling match, you might say, and ultimately to get all the colonies to sign on South Carolina and Georgia, because we needed them to go to war against Britain. The two paragraphs that called for the ending of slavery, See, we could have had slavery gone on day one. It took 75 years past the American Revolution, but yet it was done. And so for all of these, and I've locked horns with them on college campuses, all of these that want to hate America and America's bad, I'm like, okay, in the 18th and then 19th centuries, what other nations on planet Earth were working for human rights for all and the ending of slavery? Oh, one, the USA, you know. And so we've got to dispel this rumor that America was bad, America was systemically racist, because that's a narrative that's being sold, but it's not a narrative that's accurate. There's a lot of misinformation.
1: On that history that you just shared, it, there's a there's a similar issue. It's like the Constitution has what's called the three-fifths clause, yep. okay. and uh, we talked to Tim Barton about this when he was on the show a couple weeks ago. But if if the leaders of the American War for Independence had not uh, if if they had said okay North, uh, Georgia South Carolina
2: um, we we'll go forward without you we would have lost yeah. and America well, they already had a commitment in the uh, pre Declaration yeah. things that they had to have a hundred percent of the colonies or they wouldn't do anything so it was all or nothing
1: and if they had but if they had proceeded and say well then we would have lost and slavery would still be the law of the land yep. today, because we'd still be under Great Britain and we would never have had the opportunity to fight the war that ended slavery, so. And get back to the three-fifths clause. Yeah, well, the three-fifths clause, people say, you say they thought blacks were three-fifths of a person. No, the exact opposite is true. Uh, the northern states, or they were colonies at the, well, uh, yeah, at the time of the drafting of the constitution, we're saying the southern states, you cannot have it both ways. You can't count blacks for purposes of the census and your representation in Congress. Congress, and yet deny them full citizenship and the right to vote. And so they said, well, if we we can't do that, then we won't join this new constitution. So they compromised and said, well, all right, you can count them as three-fifths for purposes of the census, but they also built into the Constitution that the, they saw ahead that it, the slave trade would be ended ultimately. And they said, uh, 1808 was it, I think? Yep. They January built into the, the Constitution that we will be able to deal with this beginning in 1808. So it, it, was, uh, it was a real battle, but it wasn't a slavery document. It was an anti-slavery. on January
2: the 1st, 1808, they had an all-night vigil, all of the blacks, and they were waiting on January the 1st to come, and Jefferson signed that into law that prohibited uh, slaves being brought in from other countries, and it didn't end slavery. If they were already here, it didn't end that, but it prohibited any more slaves being uh, brought into the United States, and they had a watch night is what they called it, and our watch night, that's where it came from. All of the blacks were standing up to celebrate that, and And they, uh, they were ending, slavery. They actually had blacks that were elected to offices in Boston
3: and places like that back before the revolution. In the 1600s, there there were blacks that voted and one that I think it was Maryland that had a a black elected official by the late 1600s.
2: There were, uh, I've heard the Bartons talk about this, and there were 11 states that were against. Uh, slavery, maybe not some totally against outlawing it, but they wanted to limit it, they wanted to keep it from growing. But there was a number of them, six or seven of them, that had already outlawed it, it was against the law. And like you said, North Carolina and Georgia were the holdups and they compromised on this, which from our standpoint, we can criticize them seeing the damage that it's done to our nation. But at that time, it was all or nothing. I don't know that any of us would have made a different right.
3: decision i 've got to say that Friday March tenth which is after tomorrow as as we're filming this after tomorrow, releases biblical worldview racism, a biblical worldview response to racism and andrew you're on it and the Bartons are on it and uh, e w jackson and um, I was in fact reading some of the there's a wonderful two or 300 page book that comes with it that I was rereading today. It is spectacular Mm. and it, it releases this Friday. And so all of the
2: things that we've been talking about, these facts, which most people have never heard and they may be saying, are you sure this is true? Mm. It's all in there and it's documented. And on these videos, when we make a statement like that, they will have a footnote or something that
3: will show you where it comes from. They'll give you the historical reference. I got to say, last summer I spent the majority of August and September chasing down footnotes because, you know, we... We get to blowing and going and we'll say this happened, this happened, this happened. Well, the proofreaders here are very, very, very meticulous. And everything we said, they said, okay, we need this documented. And we did. And I want to say the, the biblical worldview response to racism, you will have the goods. I mean, to defend the history of our nation the, the way that we valiantly, and now it took a few steps, but I think valiantly because of our Christian worldview, defended the human rights of all, got rid of slavery. The workbook that goes with all the videos is literally hundreds of quotes and footnotes, and it, it will stand up to any scrutiny that anybody could throw at it. So we got off on talking about
2: racism by going back to this nation is a godly nation and stuff. And it started with us talking about January the 6th. And they are trying to present a narrative that isn't accurate. They're amplifying anything that's wrong. And there were some people that, no doubt, I saw them break the windows out. There's no doubt that there were some people in there that were doing things wrong. Right. But this guy, you'd have to tell me the guy with the horns. QAnon shaman. All right. (laughs) I saw the video of him and he had nine police officers. Capitol Police officers escorting him through the Capitol, talking to him, opening up doors for him, looking at things. He was not this terrorist <laughs> was doing all that was said. And so, we are having people that are intentionally lying. You talked about one person that they had multiple exits and they took everybody else out so that they yeah. could make it look like just one person.
1: Yeah, Senator Josh Harle- ha- Harle- Hawley. 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 Hawley of Missouri the January 6th committee cut a clip out of, out of a video uh, showing him running out of the Capitol uh, while January 6th is going on, and then everybody in the hearing room's cracking up, laughing at him. And then uh, uh, Tucker Carlson shows the broader clip, and it turns out that the Capitol police were evacuating the House and Senate members at that time, and dozens and dozens of them were running out of the building because the police were escorting
2: them out there it's like so outright deceptive, it's shocking. And you know, people really, Christians are naive. Yes. And they just, because they have some integrity and they wouldn't do this, they give people the benefit of the doubt, thinking that everybody is basically good. And we've got some people in leadership, in media, in government, in all kinds of things that are basically bad. They are evil people that would intentionally doctor a thing to make it look differently. And I tell you, Christians need to wise up and begin to start discerning some So, you know, we don't want to be conspiracy
1: crazy people, but on January 6th, they knew that there was a demonstration scheduled and there were going to be thousands and thousands of people there that Donald Trump was going to be speaking down the mall and stuff like that. And even Donald Trump had requested the National Guard yep. to be present. And um, on the day of the event, when these, who knows who they were, but they they started to press forward and break windows and all that wrong stuff, those people at the front of the crowd, the number one policeman for the Capitol Police, the guy that was in charge, who happens to be an African-American, called in for backup. He called his supervisor and requested backup. He said on Tucker Carlson, he was interviewed, and he said that there was, not just did they say no, they did not respond to him at all. Through the entire event, he got zero response from his superiors. And then to make matters worse, he's trying to de-escalate the situation, and he gets a call in that some of the officers were stuck up on the steps with the crowd moving forward, and he tried to make his way up there to help and see what was going on. And on the way, uh, some guy on the railing took a MAGA hat and put it on his head. And so he continued to wear it because he figured hey, it's going to help people trust me more. And he got punished, demoted for wearing that hat. Meanwhile, the chief of the Capitol Police, a woke uh, f- female, uh, got praised and received a commendation and then got hired by Berkeley University as the head of their security with all sorts of commendations for all this stuff. So it just, the thing, something's rotten in Denmark, you know? Yeah. Uh,
2: I had some people that were friends of mine that were at the Trump rally, and uh, there is a clip that shows Trump going over to the Capitol and protest peacefully. He said that. Yes, he did. And anyway, they went over. They didn't go into the Capitol, but they were close enough to see what was happening. And they showed me a video of police officers that opened up the doors and were waving to people like this. Yes. Come on in. Which again, I'm not saying that there weren't things that were done wrong. I actually believe that the the left actually incentivized people to start a a protest trying to make the conservatives look bad. So I'm sure that there was stuff that went on, but it was not a massive thing. And I would agree that these people who were in charge of the January the 6th uh, Commission investigating that it's treasonous what they're doing lying and cherry-picking information and not giving out the truth and Hopefully now that the Republicans are in charge of the house They're gonna bring some heat on these people and I'd love to see some people go to jail You know what is
0: being said by everybody and that's why I think this free booklet Andrew is so important They're hiding the truth and I've said this to people for years. I said, if you tell the truth about someone, with the intent to harm them, that's slander. It, it's creating a narrative. You take certain parts of it, just like with the—I call it a hatchet job on video. Yeah. What they do, and that's been done to ministers a and lot. Not to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you probably have Olympic gold medals in that. Of, <laughs> People that have come at you—it's yeah. because you're a target, and, and it's because of the truth. Matter of fact, the the lunch that we had that really led to the launch of Practical Government School—it mm-hmm. was so awesome that day because uh, we were just talking, and we met for one thing. But you were talking about what you said on the air, and I said, "Whoa, Andrew, did you say that on national television?" And Andrew's response was, "Well, Mark, it's the truth," and. What a revolutionary concept to deal in truth. But this was a breath fresh air, this booklet. You came to a surprise uh, pastor anniversary celebration for Linda Mm -hmm. and they did surprise me. And uh, so, you know, be instant in season and out. And I just said, Andrew, would you preach today? I just. He was a little overwhelmed. I I was a little overwhelmed and he came up and I believe you told me that was the message. It was such a breath of fresh air. And Alex, you brought this out. Pontius Pilate, what is truth? And the truth was standing right in front of him.
2: People are saying, what's truth? And they got their Bible in their hands. Mm. Can't see it right in front of them. People need to get that book. It'll be a breath of fresh let air. let me say that in the, one of the Ten Commandments is I shalt not bear false witness. Most modern translations will say you can't lie, but it's different. False witness and lying aren't the same thing. You can take truth. You could take a person running out of the Capitol, which that's true, but then obliterate all of the other senators that were running out of the Capitol and take them out. And you can take something that was true, but you can bear false witness. We have a direct command not to bear false witness. And I tell you what, our news media, our government agencies like Trump and his spokesperson, whoever that lady is, saying that the border is secure and under control and that inflation is under control and that we are changing all of this and the economy's coming roaring back, which they destroyed hmm. and stuff. That is false witness. It's absolute lies. And I know that some people, even Christians, will say, you shouldn't be saying things like this. What am I saying that Jesus didn't say when He says, you whited sepulchers, you false prophets, you hypocrites? Mm. Now, I'm not saying it in, in hatred for people, but I am saying it in hatred for lies and deception. And we need to get to where we stand up and speak the truth and don't apologize it and don't sugarcoat it to take away any of the sting of it. People need to recognize that this is evil. Right. And I just don't think that a lot of Christians are willing to do that. That's right. You know, I was over in Hungary and there was a couple that spent 7 years in the United States and they were back in Hungary when I was there. And so I was asking them. I said, "What were your impressions of the United States?" And I was thinking about maybe the, you know, the prosperity or something. And they said, "Americans are gullible." And I, wow. said, I said, what are you saying? And they said, we watch the news. You guys believe anything that they tell you. He says, we have learned that you cannot trust the government. You can't trust these things. And he says, Americans are just gullible. If you put it on television and say it, people will believe it. And I tell you, we wow. need to stand up. And I think that this, this program, Truth and Liberty, has a place not only to be presenting spiritual truth, but to be taking those spiritual truths and evaluating what's going on in the light of it so again we want to encourage you this is a free gift you can call 719-651-1111 and we'll give this to you absolutely free we have our phone center open 24 hours a day and our biblical worldview on racism which comes out this coming friday so you can go ahead and order it now uh, and you get a third off of it or any of our biblical worldviews we got four of them that are out now and you can get a third off of the price of that, and you can call 719-619-2341. Is that right? Yes, no? sir. No. Or do they call for the... product, it's the prayer uh, line. Okay, so for the product, please call the AWM prayer line. That's 719-635-1111, and I believe that would be a real blessing. So we're just about ready for a break. Again, we'd like to encourage you, if you would like to call and interact with us, we will put you on the air. We will talk to you. We will interact with you. The number is 719-619-2341. And we already have, I think, four people in queue, but we've got a few more lines open. And we're going to take a brief break, and then we will come back, and we will start taking calls. And I tell you, I'm excited. I've been having a great time. Awesome. I even had somebody talk about you and me yesterday having a different take on where Satan got his authority from. And they said, would you guys debate that? And I said, well, I tried. I tried to get you to debate.
0: <laughs> you but <know> anyway, what? <laughs> I think Poor it's Mark. important that we can share that. We disagree on certain I things. Know. And you know but what? We don't get disagreeable.
2: I'm not sure I agree with myself on it. <laughs> I've I said know. that too yeah. about my own self. So anyway, we are having a great time. I hope that you're enjoying it. And we would love to hear from you. And remember to call, get the materials, either the biblical worldview and this What is Truth booklet, and I believe it'd be a blessing to you. Our number again is 719 619 2341 And in just a few minutes, we're going to take a break, and then we will come back after 90 seconds, and we will start taking your calls and interact with you here on Truth and Liberty Live Call-In Show.
1: At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we have big plans to make a big impact. If you want to be a part of turning our nation back to God, I want to invite you to become a supporter of Truth and Liberty. You can go on our website at truthandliberty.net to the donate page and make a gift there, and you can also sign up to be uh, make a recurring automatic gift of five dollars or more per month, and then you'll become a Truth and Liberty member. And uh, our gifts to Truth and Liberty are not tax deductible, but I promise you, God sees your generosity. So go to Truth and Liberty and become a member today. Before I came to Karis, I was a mess. I didn't know my purpose, and I didn't even really know who God was. But when I came to Karis, I learned who I am in Christ. I learned identity. I learned to have a relationship with God, and I met Christ. And then it was after first and second year getting a foundation, it was in third year that I discovered my purpose. I discovered my destiny and I walk in my call every day now. I walk in relationship with God daily and my life is not the same. There's no going back. So come to Karis, discover your purpose, find your destiny and walk in your calling.
2: And that lady that you just saw her testimony, that's Chandra, and she's in charge of our praise and worship. And I tell you, she is a great testimony. She's not only a great praise and worship leader, but she was pretty shy and withdrawn when she came here. And it was a major step for her. And now she has blossomed. And we can give hundreds and hundreds of testimonies of how Keris is changing people's lives. So we would love to encourage you to come and be involved in Keris too. It would be really, really good. Yep. Amen. You
0: know, yep. up here, Andrew, it is so awesome to walk through the halls and just feel the spirit of God. But you know, Bill Fetter was teaching for us one time and he, he talked about the root word for salvation is salvage. That's what God loves to do with people's lives, salvage their lives. And the test, you know, I've been up here when you've called people over and there were people ready to jump off a bridge, commit suicide, on drugs. And now they're serving God and they beam. It's awesome what God can do to people that will submit
2: themselves. And Alex, he just promotes cares everywhere he goes. You've been involved with a lot of
3: different colleges and ministries yeah oh I love cares uh, you know I was here Monday teaching a class and I'm I'm here this week teaching and it's such a blessing to see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, many young people, and they're excited about the Lord. They're committed to change the world. They're getting an education, whether it be practical government or missions and ministry. And there's a films division. And listen, you need to look at Keris And I tell families this, visit this campus one time and you'll be sold. I mean really Mm. and uh, it's changing the world and Richard is a fruit of Carries. he and
2: his wife came here and it affected you and your whole family. Oh, my whole family and still is well
0: you left your law practice behind over two decades and when you came here that was a strategic inflection point for the kingdom of God (laughs) well thank you it was certainly
2: one for my life it transformed me and uh, Okay, so we've got a subscriber on the line right before we take their call. Would you explain the difference, Richard, between a subscriber and a partner?
1: Absolutely. So a subscriber means you've signed up to get our emails, um, basically our blogs, our action alerts, and all those things we send out um, all the time. Uh, a, A member is someone who has signed up to make an automatic recurring contribution to Truth and Liberty of at least $5 or more per month. So that happens on the donate page.
2: We have a few thousand of those partners and altogether we're getting somewhere close to 50,000 a month, which we have. How many people on Truth and Liberty staff? We've got five people on our team now. And I think that these broadcasts that we're doing, we've now got to get call screeners and a producer. So even though they may not be on Truth and Liberty staff, uh, it's an expense definitely, to truth and liberty. So anyway, we do need people to be partners with us, and we would encourage you to do that. Amen. So let's go to Denise in South Carolina, and she's got a question for us. So Denise, you're on the air with us.
4: Ah, uh, Good afternoon, gentlemen. Um, first of all, I just want to agree that we live in the best country in the world. Amen. I've had the opportunity to travel in my past 65 countries worldwide, some wow. of the poorest and some of the richest. We have so much freedom here, and we are so blessed to live in this country. Amen. And when I hear people hate this country, it, it breaks my heart.
2: I want to give them a one-way ticket to another country mm-hmm. when they do Absolutely.
4: that. <laughs> Please go. Yeah. So my question <laughs> is because... There are so many Christians and they say I pray, I vote, and I give to let's say be partners with Truth and Liberty or or other organizations. What else can we do? Because I am so outraged in a you know, in a Christian way about what's going on with these videos being released and nobody is being held accountable for
2: it? Well, that's a big question, and I'm sure there's multiple things you can do, but the first thing you can do is keep doing what you're doing. Don't become frustrated because it doesn't look like it's working, because as we've been discussing, we are not being told the whole truth. We are being lied to, and I guarantee out of the thousands, maybe tens of thousands that were at the January the 6th, what they call a riot, I don't know what percentage of them were actually rioting, but it was a small number. Most of them were godly people. I had friends that were there, yeah. and uh, it's being misrepresented. And the whole thing is happening nationwide. We're being told that the whole nation is just going to hell in a hand bis- basket, and that's not true. We are in a great awakening. Yeah. And Denise, I really believe that, and I can give you hundreds of examples of things that verify what I'm saying. But I don't have the platform that ABC or CNN or something else does. But there's good things happening. So we just got to keep at it and pray and share with other people.
1: Yeah. And and get involved, uh, Denise. I mean, everybody needs to get involved. We can't just sit back uh, and, you know, look at the TV and get angry. Uh, I encourage you to, um, you know, Uh, Find your local Republican Party headquarters and volunteer there. Uh, Look on our website, on our resources page. Maybe consider uh, going to your pastor and asking if you can start a culture impact team or start a biblical citizenship course uh, in your local church. Those three things right there will will do more than anything else to, uh, to make a difference.
2: And let me just piggyback on that, that Richard has controlled our uh, website for Truth and Liberty, and it is awesome. We don't do everything ourselves, but we link to other ministries. And you can go there and you can register to vote, Mm -hmm. or you can go to a place that will register you to vote. You can go uh, find out who's running in your area. You can find all kinds of things. It is a great resource. So uh, truthandliberty.net. That's really good. Thanks, Denise. We appreciate your call. So let's go to Agnes in uh, Indiana. You're on the air with us, Agnes. Thank you.
5: Hi. I'm a partner with your ministry. I have been for a long time now.
2: Thank you very much. I appreciate that.
5: Andrew, what I call for, I've been dealing with spiritual attacks for over a year that I don't understand. I got born again in 1986, got baptized with the Holy Spirit in 1998, and I've been walking with the Lord ever since. But last year, I was reading in Genesis 1, 1, where it said, and God said, let there be light. And I referred to God as Father God. And all of a sudden, it's like a bell went off in my head. That's the only way I can explain it. And it was like there was a conflict between me saying, Father God, and God said. And I struggled with this for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I tried to tried to understand what was going on, but I couldn't. And I was laying in bed one night, and it was just like thoughts were just racing out of my mind, racing. And I thought, I don't know, I, I don't know if I got confused or what, but I thought, well, I was the thought God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit in a blank line. I don't even know where I came up with that thinking from. And I have just been going through these spiritual attacks where at night something will come up on me or in the daytime, it'll like heat comes up on me. And I rebuke it in the name of Jesus and I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And my husband rebukes. And I just can't seem to get any freedom from this. And I just don't understand what's going on.
2: Oh, man, I could, I could teach a whole lesson on this. Uh, let me say that in, it doesn't happen often, but 20, 30 years ago, I remember having a prayer over a meal one time, and I started and said, Father, and as soon as I said, Father, I had the most blasphemous thought come to me. And I thought, that's not me. Satan can hit you with thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I immediately just rejected it, and it was gone. But Agnes, if it's persisting, and if these thoughts you can't get rid of, there's multiple things, and I'll let the other guys talk on this, but you don't get rid of thoughts by saying, thought, I rebuke you, I rebuke you. You're focused on the thought. You get rid of thoughts by replacing it with the right thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so uh, again, if you are just focused on the negative things that Satan is hitting you with, in a sense, you are uh, amplifying them. You turn your attention away from that and you fill yourself. You start praising God. And instead of uh, thinking these blasphemous thoughts or negative thoughts, you start praising God. God, you're awesome. And you replace those negative thoughts with positive thoughts. And then also you need to make sure that you aren't giving (coughs) Satan an inroad into your life. And I think this is where most people are. We live in a, we live in a toxic culture today, and if you're an average person that is listening to the negative news and reading things, you are going to have demonic thoughts because there's demonic stuff out there. So, you have to change the information that's coming your way. You have to take the thoughts captive, Second Corinthians, Chapter 10, which says you can take every thought captive and under obedience to Christ, and then you have to replace those thoughts with positive
3: thoughts. Philippians 4, 8, I was thinking about where Paul says, if anything is good and true and praiseworthy, think on these things. And, and the implication there is think on these things as opposed to the other things. And, and I agree with Andrew. And for one thing, sister, uh, God bless you and we'll certainly be praying for you. But we, we praise Jesus. We, we praise God for His blessings and we, we glorify God for who He is. Satan can't stand that. I mean, when we're praising the name of Jesus, Satan will go away because he can't tolerate that. Praise is strength to steal the enemy and the avenger. Psalms Mm -hmm. chapter 8. Wow.
0: One thing, Agnes, I would say is, well, first off, you're not alone. The enemy can only do one of three things, steal, kill, destroy. And uh, so a couple of things to consider. I, I say this at church often. The devil is afraid when you get into the word, but he's, trembling when the word gets in you. And so if he's talking to your head, don't let it go unanswered. Uh, you need to talk back to him. Jesus modeled how to deal with the devil. Don't get in a discussion with him. Yeah. Say it is written and speak to that force, whatever it is, resist the devil and he will flee. I looked up that Greek word, it's been a while, but it means to set up opposition. And I, I want to echo what you said, Andrew, just make sure you don't have any open doors. You know, this is a little exaggerated, but we had many years ago, a woman come in for counseling and she was struggling in her marriage and found out she was basically addicted to soap operas. And I thought, <laughs> that
2: right there will open the door to up. anything the devil <laughs> You're, wants you're
0: pouring gas on the fire. And I know Sheesh. I'm not equating that with you. I'm just saying as a kind of an exaggerated illustration point, make sure there's no doors open, but also uh, forsake not the assembling of yourself together as the manner of some is. Make sure you have prayer partners, people that you have godly relationships with and be a part of a local church. That's one of the most important things because when two or three of us gather together, Jesus said, I'm there. Amen.
2: And let me say that we had a lady from Nigeria come to school and she, uh, those of us that have been to African nations, I know you go over there a lot. Uh, the church, there is a lot of witchcraft and demonic stuff that we don't see. It's here, but we, it's not in the same form but the church over in these places, they give way too much credit to the devil and they are afraid of the devil. So this woman came to me and she showed me where Satan had been biting her. She had bites all over her and she was having demonic attacks. And she says, please help me and rebuke this. And I said, we're teaching you the Word of God. You rebuke it. And she says, no, I can't do it. The devil's too strong for me. And I said, that right there is the reason he's doing this because you do not understand your authority. So I taught her some things. I gave her things. And for about six weeks, she came up to me three or four times and showed me these bites and things. And I just kept telling her, I'm not going to do it. You need to learn your authority. And within six weeks, this woman grabbed her authority, got set free. Amen. And her husband was back in Nigeria and he was dying. And because she learned her authority, he got miraculously healed. She's back there now. And I talked to her when I was over in Uganda last. And uh, man, she's just changing things. So, Agnes, you need to recognize you're the one with authority Amen. and you have the power to deal with these thoughts. And so take all of the things that we've said and apply it to your situation. And, and sister, we believe God's setting you free. In Jesus' Amen. name. Yeah. Does that help, Agnes? Yeah, but there's, it's physical stuff that happens. It's, well... It's being just like I was talking about this lady, there was physical things happening to her, but you have authority over it and you can deal with that. Okay. All right. Thank you. We love you. <laughs> All right. Let's go to Steve in Sholo Arizona. Steve, you are on the uh, Truth and Liberty Live call-in show with oh. us. Hello,
6: gentlemen. It's a pleasure to talk to you.
2: Well, good.
6: I have a question. Andrew, I watch you, we watch you just because it is one of the most interesting part of our day. Every night, And we were, I've been watching The Authority of the Believer, and we totally agree with that. We had a question pop up one day when we were having a discussion, and that was, it's a two-fold question. We realize now how Satan became Satan, and, but we wondered, where do demons come from, number one, and can a demon be killed? There's no reference in the Bible to it, because they, they get cast into the lake of fire at the end of things, and so does Satan. But there is no reference to, can a spirit or a demon be killed? We know that as believers, our spirit will never die. So we're, it's just a curiosity. It's not really relevant to rebuking Satan and knowing our authority in Jesus Christ. But it's just a kind of interesting thing that we, we thought maybe you'd have an answer to. Mm.
2: Well, let me deal with the second part of it. I don't believe that a spirit can ever die. Right. Only physical bodies die. And so since demons and Satan are spirits, I don't believe that they can ever die. As to where demons came from, Mark's take on a pre-Adamic civilization is a, easy explanation for that. That's all of the people that were under that dominion and they were condemned to be demons. If you don't believe that the way that I do, if you got the right take on scripture the
3: way I do, <laughs> then
2: I don't know where they come from. I would assume that they are created beings by yeah. God who transgressed, but where, when, how, I don't have an answer.
0: And, and we were talking a little bit about that. You know, there yeah. are some areas in the scripture that are not just absolutely crystal clear and for people to get dogmatic on it, that can be a little bit dangerous. You know, major on the majors and minor on minors. But uh, I believe that there were a host of angels led by Lucifer and he said five things. I will, I will, I will. And Isaiah 14. Isaiah 14 and then there's Ezekiel, the verse in Ezekiel. And you see kind of that law of double reference, you know, because it's talking about an earthly king and then that spirit behind him. But I just believe they're simply fallen angels that have become demonic spirits. Now they went from the kingdom of God and followed Lucifer, who then became Satan and uh, and they're evil and they can never be redeemed. They can never die. They will live for all eternity. And that's what we're dealing with. And then there's a lot of other areas. When we talk about Nephilim, you were just talking, Alex, on the radio show. I think you said the most asked question comes out of Genesis six. Yeah. What was that talking about when the sons of God went into the daughters of men? Yeah. And of course, uh, you know, there's the speculation that Satan was trying to corrupt the, the bloodlines and what have you. And so there's some gray areas I don't get dogmatic, but suffice to say they're evil spirits and they are out to
3: steal, kill, destroy. Well, let me throw something in here. The question about what is the origin of, of demons? and And not everybody agrees on this. And I'm just saying this is maybe a possibility. But in Revelation 12, four and seven. Okay, It talks about a dragon that fought against Israel, but the dragon swept a third of the stars from heaven. And some have asked, well, is that a third of the angels that fell? But look at Revelation 12, seven, it says, and there was war in heaven and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. So if the dragon is Satan and his angels are the demons, was it a third of the angels that joined Lucifer in a failed coup attempt of heaven? I know that's not your take on it. I don't know. think it's possible. I'm just saying that it's one of those things you can't be definitive with one reference in scripture on it. Isn't it interesting? There's no provision made for the salvation of fallen angels. Isn't that something? They had their test and those that failed are going to wind up in the lake of fire. And our test to be saved and trust Christ and be born again is in this life. And, you know, um, I don't mean to get us off track, but there is no second chance after death. Uh, If you leave this world without Jesus, there is no second chance. There is no plan B. So make sure of your salvation. Make sure of your salvation. And you can do that by turning to Christ today.
2: Amen. 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 And let me just mention that we have people on our phones right now at 719-635-1111 that if you need prayer for anything, they are glad to minister to you. They'll also make all of our resources available to you. So Steve, thank you for your call. We really appreciate it. And let's go to Drew in Woodland Park. And so Drew, are you one of our students or you just I live here? I am a
7: student. Yes, well, I'm a first year student. Me and my wife are. Awesome. Yes, we're loving it, loving Woodland Park, loving the school and thanks uh thanks so much you guys for this show. I was thinking about you know, I think you guys are serving in a niche to talk about these things, current events and um, from a Christian perspective and um, I was thinking what a monumental basic task you have here going up against really Messages coming out of academia, out of the mass media, out of big corporations. Even the military now is pushing down woke lies to the military once, a, I think, more of a traditional conservative, you know, part of our society. And, you know, I was thinking with the January 6th videos coming out, when people, you know, have been pelted with lies for basically 26 months, and then they're presented with an alternative – it's almost like there, something's happening psychologically, and I'm sure there's a biblical principle here, where they can't accept reality, they can't accept the truth, and and, and I, don't, I don't know how to deal with that. I mean, even people, family and friends, is like they don't even allow a possibility or a probability for these things to be um, truthful, and I, I guess, I, I, is that... Is that what you would define as a reprobate mind? Where you totally just closed off the possibility of of seeing actual truth?
2: Well, let me say that in the end times Jesus prophesied that there would be strong delusion and people would believe a lie. And so we're fighting demonic powers and it's not simple. And I can understand, Drew, how it could look like, what's the use? We're losing the battle. But again, I think that there are volumes of people that are waking up to the truth. And one of the things that Satan does continually, he never knows when to quit. He is an extremist and he has pushed things so far That even people who aren't Christians, even people that are in a sense uh, supportive of some of the woke ideology are beginning to recognize this wrong. I I read some things about uh, lesbians and homosexuals beginning to rebel at this being crammed on little kids and transgenderism. People that don't have a moral compass are waking up to it. We aren't hearing enough about it because the news media is controlled by the devil, but (laughs) True, I would say that it's, there's good things out there and all we can do is present the truth. Like right here, we're sharing and we're discussing things. I guarantee you there's people that will write us off. There's people that will never listen to me again, but there's other people that this will ring true in their heart and they'll know. it's true. And all you can do is present the truth. You are not the judge and the jury. You are just a witness and you just stand up and speak the truth. Well, Drew, I think that's a great question. I do make a distinction between a reprobate
0: mind and darkened understanding. So there are believers that have darkened understanding. I have had people get upset. You know, back when I started my journey, I decided I'm not going to be silent anymore. And so I started talking about these things that true American history, not the deconstructed, not the altered history. And man, I had believers get up and I won't say storm out. That's a strong word, but in a very pronounced way, they walked out of the church in protest. And while wow, uh, you were preaching. Yeah. Well, yeah. From the front. I mean, it was very pronounced. And you know, that never feels good. No, it and, doesn't. And I was, it happen, no. I was naive enough. I, I took my Bible and I said, now we all read the same Bible. We love the Lord. And so listen, the Bible says, judge prophecy. So judge my message, but do it by the word. And I thought this will be easy, you know, and That service, I think I had 15 to 20 people between first and second service walk out in a real way. So I asked the Lord about some of these things. Lord, the attacks, the names that I get called, the emails that I got, and I was asking the Lord about it. And all of a sudden he spoke to me through his word. That's the place in their life that my word has no place. Jesus said, why do you want to kill me? And uh, it's because of the word didn't have place in that. So that's darkened understanding. People can be enlightened in one area. One man I'm thinking about right now teaches such a great word. We've talked about him. Excellent word till he gets to the gifts of the spirit and he's written books against it. And As I say, he's lost as a goose in a snowstorm. It's (laughs) when it comes to the gifts of the spirit, it's darkened understanding. I believe he's born again. I believe he's a man of God. I believe he loves God. I believe he fears the Lord. But then there are people, the word warns. And this is why it's so dangerous for people to deal in in, uh, untruths or deception, because there comes a point, the Bible says that God will turn people over to a reprobate mind,
2: strong Mm -hmm. delusion. And it says he does it because they did not Not have a love of the truth. That's right. And so that's- And it also says, Romans, when they knew God,
0: they did not glorify God and they weren't thankful. And so anyway, I just make that distinction that what, what your answer is, how do we counter all the lies? I say you walk in the truth, you live the truth, You speak the truth and just know it'll probably create a stir wherever you go. But Jesus did say, let your light shine so that men may see your good works and glorify your father. It doesn't mean everybody's going to like you. Yeah, that's real good.
2: And you know, one of the things that I think is a problem with Christians is they think that if we just do things right, everybody's going to receive. That's Mm -hmm. not true. Jesus said, beware when all men speak well of you. And the scripture in Isaiah that says God's word will not return unto him void. That doesn't mean that everybody's going to receive it, but it will produce. It'll either produce a revival or a riot. Did you know a riot is actually a great indication that you hit home? If you throw a rock into a pack of dogs, the one that yelped the loudest got hit. Got
3: hit. You, you know, two big figures in Christianity. One was Charles Finney and one was John Wesley, the founder of Methodism. Both of those men recorded in their diaries the times that entire congregations got up and walked out. Wow. Uh, tr- uh, John Wesley was talking about in the colonies in the 1700s, he was up and down the Eastern seaboard. Very often he would preach in fields to like hundreds and hundreds of people out in the open air and one time he wrote in his journal, he said, praise God, I was preaching and everyone got up and walked away angrily <laughs> and, and he, Finney told his students, Charles G. Finney, he said that uh, if we're doing our job at least once in your career, the entire congregation will storm out the back door. Wow. Now I know we're not, we're not trying to be offensive necessarily, but the, the thing is that truth is the dividing line and one more thing i got to say, uh, Drew asked, what can we do? Understand, um, history very often is changed incrementally, yes. one, little, one little day at a time. And Isaiah 55 says, the Word of God does not return void. And I believe that we're making a difference. Amen. Everybody. First um, Corinthians 15:58, our labor in the Lord is Amen. not in vain. Amen. So let's keep standing for the truth.
2: And I agree with that 100%. I have time to jump in.
1: Yes, sir. Well, uh, Drew, great question. I uh, I was talking to CARE students the other day, and I was telling them that, you know, uh, the the body of Christ for a long time in America has been resting on the laurels, if you will, or standing on the shoulders of generations in the past, and the hard work that was done for a long, long time to build this nation as a Christian nation. You know, um, and and that for uh, for a long time we have taken for granted the Christianity that's embedded in our culture. But we can't do that anymore. And the church needs to wake up and we need to begin to realize that America is now a mission field and we need to treat it as such and engage the culture with truth in every part of human life, not just in the pulpit on Sunday.
2: And I actually believe that what's happening in the United States is good for the body of Christ because it's is. waking them up and realizing that just like you said, we can't rest on the laurels of previous generations. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it Reagan that said, democracy is never more than one generation away from being extinct. If yes. we don't tell our children and train them someday, we'll be telling them what it was like to live in freedom.
0: Wow. Well, a you know, story. I never thought I would learn about revival and reformation from a historian, but David Barton has one CD. I've lost count of how many times I listened to it, but basically I took away three things. When true revival is happening, when there is an awakening going on and reformation is taking place, it's basically messy. Yep. contentious mm-hmm. and very divisive. Yep.
2: Which and, is not the way most people look at it. They right. think everybody's singing Kumbaya. Exactly. <laughs> and you know,
0: Paul said in 1 Corinthians eleven nineteen, there must be divisions among yep. you mm. so that those of you that have the approval of God, and most of us don't want that. We want to all get along. I like getting along. I like being loved. You know, I like to
2: love people, but boy, it, truth, we'll divide things. Well, this is Truth and Liberty Mm -hmm. Live Call-In Show. I tell you what, I believe this is blessing people, but it's also stirring some things Mm -hmm. up. And Praise God, we just got to speak the truth, so that's what we're doing. So thanks, Drew, for your call. We've got Christy, Evelyn, and Tim in line, but we are going to take a break first, and we're going to come back and take your calls in just a minute. If you would like to interact with us, you can call 719-619-2341 and get in the queue, and right after this short break, we'll be back to take more calls. I'd like to give you a special invitation to join me on April the 7th and 8th at Woodland Park, Colorado, at our main facility in Paris Bible College, and we're gonna have our musical, God With Us. We've done this many times, and I tell you, it's powerful. It is awesome. My wife is in it, but even though we've got locals, it is Broadway quality. I promise you, you would love it. Remember, it's April the 7th through the 8th at our facility here in Woodland Park, Colorado, our God With Us musical. Well, welcome back. This is the Truth and Liberty live call-in program. Uh, we have some open lines if you want to call. It's 719-619-2341. And I've got Richard Harris, Alex McFarland, Pastor Mark Coward here, and uh, we are taking people's calls. And this has been really good. Amen. I've enjoyed it. So let's go to Christy from West Virginia. Christy, you're on the air with us. What? What's your question?
5: Um, yes, hi. <clears throat> I watch you a lot I absolutely love you, Andrew Womick. I don't get out much to go to church. And I had a preacher today that was talking about Noah calling his sons after the color of their skins. Is there a truth in that or not? Because I have just started recently watching and becoming a Christian about a year ago, so I'm still learning <laughs>
2: Well, I'll let everybody else comment on this too, Christy, but I have never heard this. I've never thought of it. I think that this is an irrelevant question. There could be something there that I'm not aware of, but I I tell you, there's a lot of people that are trying to constantly come up with something new, and they're going for these little minute things and missing the obvious truths. And so my first take on this question would be that this is totally... uh, off base, I don't think that there's any reality to it. I've studied the Word for 55 years with everything I've got, and that thought has never come to me once. The Holy Spirit didn't bring it to mind.
0: Mm. I have never heard that question before, um, and I would kind of question what impact it has on our faith. (laughs) Mm, So I just don't know, Christy. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, Sometimes
1: people would name their children after lots of different things, including what they look like. I think Esau was uh, named based on this red color of his skin and stuff like that, but it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. So I don't know what that preacher's point was by naming that, but we certainly, don't base anything, especially in the new covenant on outward appearances um, or race or ethnicity, or anything like that, because the Bible says that uh, there is neither Jew nor Gentile. Uh, There's neither uh, male nor female in Christ, for we are all one. So what matters in the New Testament is the inner man, not the outer man.
3: You know, it's interesting. In, in uh, Genesis 9:18, we read that the sons of Noah were were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And in uh, Genesis 10:1, it's reiterated. I, I've never, Christy, I've I've never heard that about the color of their skin.
2: You know what? I believe this is leading to. I have heard people say that when Noah cursed Ham, Ham. that that's where the black race came from because Cush, his son, did go, or excuse me, Ham. Uh, did go to Africa, and that's where the Africans came from. And so they say that this uh, black skin is a curse, and it's God's curse. The uh, people in the South use that to justify slavery, saying that they were cursed and that this was God's judgment on them. I believe that's all untrue. Yeah. That's not right. And so that's probably somebody's attempt to justify that kind of logic. But let me say that you know the the. Again, this is truth and victory. I'm not saying this maliciously, but this is where the Jehovah Witness, the Mormons come up. They come up with things that, can you disprove it? Well, it's not up to, can I disprove it? Can you prove that this is what it's saying? We shouldn't sit there and just because the scripture doesn't say uh, that you shall not Mm -hmm. uh, do something, uh, that doesn't mean that it's okay. You need to look at things. And stuff. So I don't think that you need to go find something that isn't obvious and make a doctrine and unless you can disprove it, well then let's say that it's okay. No, you need to have scripture, multiple scriptures to verify something. Jesus said in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. And I do not believe you can establish that kind of a doctrine. Mm. Yeah. Agreed. Christy, thank you for that. That's an interesting question. Thank you very much. Let's go to Evelyn in Houston, Texas, and take her call. Thank you, Evelyn, for calling. What do you have?
8: Thank you for taking my call. Yes, ma'am. Um, okay, I wanted to say, I've been going on under spiritual attacks, and I did deliverance several amount of times. And they say, well, you need an exorcism. So I say, I didn't know they still do exorcism. But, because of this evil spirit being attached to me, and um, I know who it is, and um, she's a domestic witchcraft, and she's a lesbian and mess with drugs and stuff, doing evil stuff to my body. and like I said, i have done, done several deliverances, you know with um Lakewood Church or this other church, and they say you you need exorcism. I said, well,
2: I don't know who I can find to do an exorcism. Well, uh, I know all of us have a lot to comment on this. Let me just say that words mean different things to different people. Exorcism, to me, is not in the Bible. It's something that's attached with, like, The Exorcist, that movie that came out. And there is a lot of wrong teaching and stuff associated with that. There is such a thing as demon possession, and people do have demons in this life, but in... Uh, Luke, I think it was Luke chapter 5, I may have the reference wrong, but when Jesus cast the demons out of a man called Legion, he could have had as many as 6,000 demons in him. This man was still able to run and throw himself at the feet of Jesus and worship him, and he needed help getting rid of it, but he he wasn't totally passive. He reached out. And so my point is that yes, there are demons, and yes, they sometimes need to be cast out, but... If you've been through three deliverance sessions, Evelyn, I'd think somebody's not doing things correctly. <coughs> Jesus didn't do things like that. And when I first got started, I used to have them fill out papers. We did three weeks worth of counseling. I've had them throw up in a bucket. I've had them call her name. I've done everything that I'm sure has ever been done to you. And anyway, I hadn't got time to go into the story, but there was one really, really bad session. And I just said, Oh God help. I said, in the name of Jesus, all of you come out at one time and boom, the guy fell on the floor, looked like he is dead. And I rolled him over and he's delivered. And I thought, boy, that was a lot easier than doing all this other stuff. <laughs> and so now I don't do all that stuff. And Evelyn, I believe I've got a friend that was a very good friend of mine and a beautiful woman and just everything about her was nice. And she went to a church that emphasized going back into your childhood, into your mother's womb, making sure you had everything dealt with. And this woman went into a nut house. It literally drove her crazy, their mm-hmm. deliverance things. And she came out and she went through two years of charis took the first year twice and got set free. And today she's doing good, but the deliverance ministry, the way it was done nearly destroyed her and her marriage. Mm. So yes, there are demons. Yes, they need to be cast out, but there is a right and wrong way to do it. We aren't going to be able to do it over the air. I don't think unless any of you've got a special word from God, but I would encourage you to, uh, I've got a lot of material on like the authority of the believer that would teach you how to get free. And the scripture says in Psalms 107 20 that he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all their destructions. You can get set free through the word of God without anybody laying hands on you. Amen.
0: And Evelyn, let me just say this. So I've I've been in ministry like four decades now and, and pastoring 36 of those years one area that has more error in it than possibly anything is what's called deliverance ministry. Mm -hmm. So I had a lady come up to me one time after a service. Do y'all have deliverance ministry? The first thing I did was I said, define to me what deliverance is, because it means different things for different people. I mean, we've had everything. I remember when I was an associate pastor, we had a woman that was slithering on the floor like a snake and things under her, her clothing were moving around and we were all around, you know, and come out in the name of Jesus and all of that. And after a while, it was getting close to midnight and I said, I feel like this thing is thriving on the attention that has been given Mm -hmm. to it. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that you have to be very careful, Mark chapter 16, verse 17, Jesus did say, Those that believe and are baptized shall be saved and they will cast out demons. There are people that get into conversations with demons. That is very dangerous. Mm, Mm. You need to be strong in the Lord. You need to be full of the Word. And if you're going to submit yourself to anyone that is going to perform deliverance on you, you have to be very careful. I don't let just anybody lay hands on me. And uh, I've, I, we've all got stories. Mm-hmm. We had a, a saintness that was coming. Well, let's just say she claimed she used to be a breeder and she would go lay hands on people and things would start
2: happening to them. Mm.
0: And when I would have prayer lines and lay hands, she walked up one time and
2: I had to sit her down. You talked about that on your program this morning. I heard this story. Did I? I forgot I said that. You did. You didn't. I think it was the same story.
0: Well, I I will say this. You need to be very careful who you let lay hands on you. Be very careful who you set yourself under. Any ministry that, that builds a ministry on talking about the devil and lifting up the devil and all of this stuff, will end up crashing typically. And so uh, we are to magnify the Lord. Yes, the devil needs to be dealt with, but uh, you don't get into conversations with demons. but be very careful Mm -hmm. who you submit yourself to. You need to get, you need to get some type of a recommendation from trusted,
3: seasoned ministers that have good fruit in their life. And Evelyn. Hi, this is Alex. Uh, Um, You've accepted Christ and you know that you're born again, right? Yes, yes. And you don't have to be specific here, but let me just say this, and I say it out of love, but to your knowledge, have you turned away from sinful practices? I mean, you don't have any um, unconfessed sin in your life uh, that would give Satan an open door. I I hope you've fully let go of sin and turned to Jesus, right?
8: Yes, I went through all that with the um, Catholic, um, um, well, the lady go to the Catholic church. We denounced all that stuff all in the past, and I have nothing to do with that. And after we went through the whole procedure and stuff, I told her there was a the lady I had met. When I moved in these apartments, I stayed upstairs. She stayed downstairs, and she looked at me with an evil eye, and she was a and She sat on the car and watched me move all my stuff into my apartment. Just sat there watching me, and she had a baseball cap on, turned around backwards like a boy, and she looked at me and rolled her eyes. And I had done her nothing.
3: And well, let, let me work. Let, let me say this, and and I'll hand off to Richard and Andrew and and Mark. Um, understand that your identity and your authority and your power is all in Jesus and His Word. And I would encourage you to read God's Word as much as you can. Devote yourself to the Bible and take God's Word for what it says. Because here's what the Word of God says in 1 John five thirteen that you may know that you have eternal life. John 6, 37, if you turn to Christ, in no way will he reject you. And Satan wants people to be afraid. Satan wants people to be afraid of circumstances and other people, and you are victorious in Jesus, and your name is written in his book, and you are a daughter of the King, and in all things you are victorious in Jesus. So believe that and walk in that confidence.
2: Amen. Evelyn, you need a good revelation of the authority of the believer. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I remember a story from Shambok about a woman that had a neighbor that was a witch, and at night she would come and sprinkle powder in front of her door (laughs) and do chants. And so this woman came to Shambok and said, would you please pray with me that I could move? And he said, why? And she explained, and he says, no, I'm not going to pray. If anybody leaves, it ought to be the devil. And he says, here, I'm telling you what to do. And he whispered in her ear, So that night she turned the light off like she had gone to bed. This witch came out and sprinkled the powder, started going through a chance. And this woman threw the door open, kicked her shoes off and started dancing in the powder and praising God. And the witch left by in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Amen. So instead of you being afraid, the devil's afraid of you, Evelyn. You just need to understand who you are and the authority that you have. Amen. You need to come to Caris Bible College. Amen. we'd get you set free. I guarantee you.
1: Evelyn, you know, I,
2: uh, the spiritual warfare
1: takes place between your ears. Did you That's know right. that? Um, The Bible says we've not been, uh, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, uh, rulers of the darkness and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore take on there, take unto yourself the full armor of God. And you look at what that armor is and it's faith, it's righteousness, it's truth. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ and it's salvation. And you need to take that armor on yourself and just start fighting back. Your weapons are far more powerful than anything the devil's got and begin to renew your mind about what God's done in your heart, that you're a new creation, all these things everybody said here, that you're born again. Jesus said, behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all, not some, all the power of the enemy. So you don't need to be afraid of this lesbian witch or whatever she was. You've already got the power over it. Amen. I'll tell another story I heard about Smith Wigglesworth that one time he woke up in the middle of the night and felt the, uh, did, there was a saw demon at the end of his bed, looked at him, laughed and said, oh, it's just you rolled over and went back to sleep. That's, right. Th- that's what we need. That's <laughs> the attitude we need to have. Stop worrying about the devil. Use the word against him and get on with your life.
2: And another scripture that deals with spiritual warfare is 2 Corinthians 10:3 through five. And it says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. And then it says, to the pulling down of strongholds, Amen. casting down of imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And all of those weapons are formed against thoughts and high things Amen. that exalt themselves against the knowledge of got. Satan doesn't have any power to force you to do anything. He can't That's do right. anything to you without your consent and cooperation. And we aren't saying this to condemn you, Evelyn, but we're saying that somehow or another, you don't understand your authority and that is giving place to the devil. You find out who you are and what you've got and Satan will flee in terror because you're the victor. Yep. Amen. Is this Amen. the devil he'll flee? Amen. Awesome. Thanks, Evelyn. Uh, You can call into our prayer line. They'll pray with you and minister to you and send you some uh, materials, too. 719-635-1111. They're there for you 24-7. So thanks for the call. Let's go to Tim in Richland, uh, Wisconsin. Tim, you're on. Yes, hi. Hi, this is Tim. Yes,
9: my question, first of all, Andrew, I just want to say how much I appreciate your teaching and I've been listening to your your series on... uh, the authority of the believer lately. I've been really blessed by that, and um, so what? What got me thinking about this question was yesterday when you were talking about the um, origin of Satan, and it appears like you and you and one of the other guys have a little different view. Pastor Mark. And Pastor <laughs> Mark, yes. <yeah. laughs> anyway, um, and I've been. Um, so my question is, um, and, I, and I've always tried to maintain an attitude of. You know, there are some things we got to agree to disagree on. But my question is, at what point do we have to part company with somebody that's really an error or is taking something too far, you know? And the context to which I'm asking it is back in 2020, um, my wife and I felt like we had to leave the church we were going to because the pastor really just took off with the, you know, the COVID stuff and completely went woke and um, shut down the church and started promoting the. Uh, vaccine and the shot and all that and we just felt like we couldn't go along with that it just went against our our convictions that this is you know a lie from the enemy and and an agenda from
6: from the enemy anyway
9: um so we've really struggled in the last few years to really find a church we we're really close by where we live anyway or we just that's a spiritual church that isn't into wacky stuff or
2: well tim let me just let me say two things here just for time's sake uh First of all, uh, I had a guy present it one time like a a target that has a bullseye and then circles that go out and out. And he said, there are things in the center that you have to agree on in order to maintain relationship. And there are things that are non-negotiable, such as salvation by grace, things like that, the core things. But then there's other things out here that aren't the center. It's not the focus. And as long as it's a peripheral issue that you know is not a major thing, then you can agree with somebody, even though you may not agree exactly on that doctrine. So that's one thing you need to evaluate. There are certain things that are non-negotiable. There's others that are. And then the second thing is that you've also, let's see, what was my second thing? I forgot. It was really good. <laughs> oh, I, it was about if you're young in the in the Lord, and if you're just getting established in something, uh, you have to be more protective. It's like a little plant that if it's only this tall, well, then you can't leave that plant out in a blizzard or in a hurricane or in a flood. It'll kill it. But if it's a mighty oak, it can withstand all of those kind of things. So if you are brand new and insecure in your faith, you don't need to be around somebody who's, misrepresenting things even on some of these uh, less essential items but if you are mature enough you can maintain relationship with that so those are the two things I'd say there's heart issues that are non-negotiable and uh, it depends on your stage of growth once you get old enough you should be able to be as smart as an old cow and eat the hay and spit out the sticks.
1: (laughs) Andrew that's really good I I wouldn't say I think there's a difference too Tim between um parting company with a believer because they are not holding to essential doctrine uh, and deciding what church to go to. I think those are two different things. Uh, when you're deciding on what church to go to, first thing is you need to be led by the Lord and find a congregation where God has led you to. And uh, I think it's important that the pastor preach the truth in as many areas as possible. And you might be able to overlook some things uh, and other things you might not be able to. So that's just going to be a matter of prayer between you and the Lord. Uh, but and when it comes to other believers, we don't want to uh, cut off fellowship with people unless they are uh, ing- in in involved in heresy, in my opinion, and and that would be denying the essentials of the Christian faith. So if they don't believe uh, what scripture says about Jesus, about salvation by grace through faith, about the inerrancy of scripture, then you probably can't uh, fellowship with them as a Christian now. But uh, choosing a church is, a, is another matter.
2: You guys got anything, Dad? Well, you know
0: the word says, "How can two walk together except they be agreed?" And Richard, I think that's a very good point. And Andrew, that illustration of the target is perfect. Yeah. That bullseye, that center part. There are certain things non-negotiable, absolutes of Scripture. But you know, how can two walk together except they be agreed? I think that's an important point. That that doesn't mean you agree on everything. But there needs to be an agreement. You know, there are certain people I'm drawn to and others that I'm not because it's just my spirit, man. And it doesn't mean
3: I'm right and they're wrong. But um, it's just
2: not a healthy relationship.
3: I I learned a good word from Mark Cowart some years ago. Uh, You were talking about one time you had a colleague and you said the chemistry just wasn't there. And I remember about eight or nine years ago, I, there was a, a man I almost hired to work for, for me. and good Christian guy, and we agreed in most things. but uh, ju- we just didn't click. You know, the chemistry just wasn't there, and we didn't burn any bridges. But you know I think the key sometimes is to just sort of part ways amicably, you know.
2: Let me say this, that I pastored three little churches. My biggest one was hundred people. And so I'm not in the category of these guys who've reached more people as a pastor than I did. But as a pastor, there, there was people, well, let me just say it this way. There's people now that hear me and it's not what their pastor is teaching. And so they are either going to leave the church or split the church, or they're going to stay there and change that pastor. And from my perspective, you do not have the authority to change a pastor. You either go to a church where you agree with them, again, maybe not on everything, but on the core values, you agree with them and these other things, you can handle it. Or if you aren't in agreement, your only right is to get out of there and go someplace where you are getting ministered to, but don't sow discord. Don't sit there and be bitter and hurtful. (laughs) And I'm sure every one of these guys can verify this, but a minister can feel when the people aren't agreeing with them. You can feel all of these words you're saying come back and hit you in the face and you're doing hindrance if you aren't supportive of that ministry. So you need to find some place that you agree on at least the core values and get in and support it. And if you can't do that, find a place and also consider that maybe you're the problem instead of the pastor.
0: <laughs> That's a possibility. Unity is a big thing with the Lord. Yes, and this, you,
2: you know, I was, in fact, we had an
0: elders meeting last night and I was in Psalm 133 because we have such awesome elders and just the whole culture at CFAN but how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together. And I always point out, it's not just a blessed place, it's where God commands a blessing. And that Hebrew word means to give an order. And that's what we want. We want that unity so God is free to move. And where there's strife, however, there's confusion and every evil work. I did a study on that one time. It literally strife, murmuring, complaining is open doors to demonic powers. That's true. It looses the destroyer. Mm.
2: And so uh, scripture goes with that. It's James three sixteen, where in being in strife is, there is confusion and every, every evil, evil work. work. It opens up a door to anything Satan wants to do. It would be better for a church to be united in error than to have somebody there criticizing and sowing strife. That would open up a door to demonic stuff. You aren't the pastor and I can speak again. I'm not at the same level that Pastor Mark is where he's got thousands of people, but I can guarantee you it's nearly impossible for a pastor to change a church and a person sitting out in the pew. You aren't anointed to do it. You can't do it. All you're going to do is sow discord. So you either come into agreement and say, I can tolerate these other things, or go find you a place where yep. you can support it. Amen? Amen. All right, we've got time for one more call. Let's go to Randall in Morristown, Tennessee. Randall, you're on the air with us. Hmm.
8: Hey, guys, real quick. Um, as you're probably aware, uh, The Chosen is uh, a TV series that's well-received and crowdfunded. I would just want to know what probably the largest crowdfunded uh show ever. I wanted to know your opinions on on The Chosen.
2: Well, I'll speak for myself. I've watched the first two seasons and the first uh, program in the third season, and I think it's great. Now, is it accurate? No. they're They're adding a lot to it. There is a lot of stuff in there that not only is addition that you can't verify, but some of it is against the scriptural account. But that being said, it's more scriptural than any other thing I've ever seen. And I think it's pretty good. The first uh, program in the third season, I think I'm getting this right, shows one of the disciples saying, how can I go pray for other people when I myself have a sickness? And I've had people really get mad at this and saying that Jesus said, no, I want you to stay sick uh, for some reason. And they, they just immediately dismissed the whole series. I watched that. And that's not the way I took it. It wasn't like Jesus said, I want you to be this way, but don't wait until you get well before you go out and use the authority that I've given you. So it kind of depends on how you interpret it, but there are things in it that are unscriptural. Mm -hmm. But all that being said, I think that they portrayed Jesus, His character, His heart, His nature better than anything I've ever seen. And I've gotten a lot of good out of it and it, it brings things out that I hadn't thought of and so overall, I like it. Yeah, true confessions. I have not yeah. seen it. I have no it's excuse
0: awesome. because yeah. <laughs> one of my staff gave me a DVD and I just haven't seen
3: it, but I have heard some awesome things about it. Yeah, Yeah. all, all in all, uh, it's good. And, uh, you know, there's no old saying about reading. It says, one book I read to believe, all other books I read to consider. And, you know, they did, as Andrew yeah, said, I they, like that. they took awesome. some artistic license to move the story along. But um, watch it, enjoy it, benefit from it. But let's remember in all things, our final word and all of our definitive conclusions must come from the Word of God. You know, real
1: quick, I, I think there are good parts and, and not good parts about it, honestly. like. Um, the, the scene where Jesus is, uh, encounters the woman at the well Oh my gosh! It was so powerful, so yes. incredible. Uh, but then down the road here in the next next uh, year, they they've got Jesus out in the field practicing the Sermon on the Mount, trying to figure out which word to use.
2: I dislike that. I one. did and not asking Matthew, could you help? Me? Yeah, ask. And they've
1: got Ma- Matthew. Aut- Matthew is autistic. You know, so some yes. of these things are hard to bear with. My recommendation is that if you want to watch it, watch it, but then go to the Bible and read yeah. the real thing.
2: Don't use the chosen as your authority for what. The Bible says yes. it just it can help, but it is not a replacement. And people that don't know the Word of God might accept some of the things that weren't accurate as being accurate, right. and that could be dangerous. Yep. So we're just about out of time, but this has been awesome. Awesome, it's been great. I'm really enjoying it. We were talking before we started the program today that we'd like to do this with all four of us all the time, but we just, our schedule won't allow it. But we are, when we are available, if Alex is in town, if Mark is available and stuff, we may go back and do all four of us again. This has worked out very well. And so if you, uh, if there's any way we can help you, we've got our number for our phone center, it's 719 635 and we have people there 24-7 that can pray with you. You can be born again. You can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We've got prayer ministers that I mean are awesome, And if you have a question, they can answer your questions. And we've got over 200,000 hours of free materials on our website that we can point you to. So please call that number, 719-635-1111. Remember, we're going to do this every weekday at 3.30 till 5 o'clock, the Truth and Liberty live call-in program. God bless you. See you tomorrow.